0: And welcome to Rogue Pixels, the podcast that shares your love of the biggest and best animations online. Each week, I, Colm O'Hearn, chat with the creators of the most successful tunes on the internet to learn all about how those cartoons came into existence. This week we are talking about The Daily Object Show, the survivor-like animated series from YouTube animator Fusion Animations. In the three years since The Daily Object Show launched, Fusion's videos have received approximately 12 million views. That's eight seasons and multiple spin-offs too. Look, why don't you ever listen to a short snippet of the very first episode and then I'll see you on the other side of that with the person responsible for creating The Daily Object Show.
1: Welcome to The Daily Object Show. The prize for this show is this really good
0: smelling lotion.
1: <laughs> the first challenge is to grief this house. Whoever grieves the most wins. Go! <laughs> Vote for a character to be eliminated. Voting ends in two hours.
0: Joining me today to talk about The Daily Object Show is voice actor, animator, and its creator, it's Fusion Animations. Hello,
1: thank you for having me.
0: Great to have you. It's great to have you. But before we talk about the Daily Object show, could you tell people listening a little bit about who Fusion Animations is? So essentially what your role is in the world of animation?
1: I began... Watching different YouTube cartoons growing up, I wanted to become an animator and so over time I kind of just learned how to just kind of creating my own characters or whatever based off other things and then eventually just slowly started growing, making more videos and now it's something that I do for a living pretty much. And uh, something I hope I can keep doing.
0: Now, at this stage in the podcast, I always get my guests to detail what happens in their videos. So before we get really into the making of the Daily Object Show series, could you tell the people listening what actually happens in the Daily Object Show? So a brief summary of the story. And I appreciate in comparison to some other cartoons that I've spoken about with other people, other online animations, the story of The Daily Object Show, it's quite vast. (laughs) It's it's quite, quite deep. But yeah, could you do a brief summary of what The Daily Object Show is?
1: Yeah, of course. The Daily Object Show, it's a show based on Survivor. It's where a group of contestants battle for a prize each episode. Someone's eliminated until... Only one person remains and that person gets the prize. And what the Daily Object Show does is it releases an episode, or at least tries to, every single day. And so the viewer votes, and then they and then I animate it within the day, and then it's out. Every season, there's always someone or something trying to get trying to get the prize away from the characters. And that's pretty much the general gist of it. So
0: by the time you uploaded your first video onto YouTube in 2016, you were already working on animations on a website called Scratch, I believe. Yes, yeah. So could you tell me and our listeners a little bit about what Scratch is or was and what you were animating pre-YouTube?
1: Scratch is a, um, it's a programming, it's it's a coding website, actually. And I found it because when I was like, I found it like back in like 2014 when I was like 10. And it's now, now, when I was 10 and I, was, and I really said, I want to make an object show because that was the main inspiration for me, at least, because I knew like Adobe Animate, the main program that I used, I, I knew it costed money. And as a 10-year-old, I didn't want to spend any money or ask my parents to. So I tried to find free websites that I can see if I can make any videos on and scratch kind of, it kind of clicked. Even though it's a coding site, I was able to still make animations on it so
0: were you coding your animations rather it than it was pretty
1: much coding where whoa so i would have um these pngs these images of like you know the legs arms eyes like all the different body parts of the characters and i put them together and in scratch you can make like it's pretty much different sprites of the characters so if i wanted to have a character like move their arm i have to like individually have like sprite one they're armed down sprite two sprite three four it's like frame by frame
0: but and do you think whilst maybe not the easiest way to begin your animating career did that benefit you later on then that sort of where you had to try and find a workaround with regard to scratch yeah
1: because using that first I think it definitely definitely helped me because later on I started using Adobe Animate and with Adobe Animate the main way that I animate at least is with tweens where the computer interpolates the motion between two keyframes. It definitely like, it definitely made things easier since beforehand that's, I was doing a bit harder work. Uh,
0: I, I saw that you had mentioned scratch in your first YouTube <laughs> upload, but I didn't know what it was. So, you know, this, this is fascinating. Another thing I wanted to ask was why objects? <laughs> a lot of people go down the parody route so that you have recognizable characters, but they change their personality in some way, or it's anthropomorphized animals. Yeah, why why objects? What I do
1: is a parody off of something called Battle for Dream Island, a BFDI, made by um, the creators Jack and Joe, who I actually work with now, but they were the ones I, I grew up watching, and the reason I wanted to make an object show in the first place, they're the ones who kind of started that whole trend back in 2010.
0: Okay. And you're actually working with them now? Yeah,
1: I am. Many other animators who actually like do several object on animations now. We are part of their team where we're currently working on a season of their show called um, The Power of Two.
0: Ah. Funny how things work out, isn't it? It is, it is. I have had a few people on this podcast now, and I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've had someone on that has included their audience in the creative process as much as you have. So in a number of the seasons, uh, so at the time of recording, there's been eight seasons of the Daily Objects show, but in the majority of those seasons, except for two and five. Yeah. Yeah. But you had viewers vote in polls in between cartoons, and then those polls would impact the next episode somehow. I suppose you, you used Survivor as an example, which is yeah, a perfect example. Yeah. How did slash do you balance viewer involvement versus your own vision of what you're trying to do? Because there's there's kind of a fine line there, isn't there? Yeah, there
1: is. No, yeah, there will be times where Like, you know, you want certain characters to do certain things that's in certain episodes that you think would be cool. But then eventually, like, you know, the viewers, if the viewers don't like them and they vote them out, then obviously that scene that can't can't really happen anymore. And so I try and keep it very, very loose in terms of like the general plot of the show and the characters that are actually like affected by the viewers. I try and keep them a little bit separate that way. Um, anything that I want to have happen with the plot, it doesn't get affected with the viewer voting because those contestants aren't affecting it as much. Vote using the poll in the description for which team you like the most. The team that gets the most
0: votes will have an advantage in the first challenge. Would you tribute some of your success to that method? Because obviously, a lot of animation channels on YouTube, it is you make the animation, you put out the animation, and the people at home watch the animation. Mm-hmm. There isn't this sort of, uh, th- and so immediate as well, where people, yeah, they they vote on something and then like <laughs> the next day there's just ch- changes. How much of that would you attribute to your success? I think
1: it does play a big part, even though, even though I, it may not seem obvious at first. I think it does because it does help build engagement and it does help spread the show out across YouTube a little more, I feel. And that's definitely, say, that's a big part of it. And I'm glad people enjoy that aspect of it. I
0: mentioned uh, a while ago, season two, The Cult of Cobalt yeah. is a prequel to the first season of the Daily Object show. Season five, Revenge of Toast is a direct follow up to something that happens in uh, the previous season. And it's basically all story. Season seven is where a number of villains return and they form a sort of a super villain group. (laughs) This story is quite involved. There's a lot of lore and there's just callbacks upon callbacks within the series itself. Do you have a conclusion planned for the Daily Object show? I ask that because... It seemed like season eight was going to be the end with it being an all-star season, sort of like a champion of champions type deal. Mm -hmm. But there is going to be more because at the end of season eight, we got a little teaser for the Daily Object show, the movie. So that's a very long winded way of asking (laughs) if you have a conclusion planned and if you always knew where you were going with this story. No, yeah,
1: I, I, I do have a conclusion planned already. It's a conclusion that's definitely been stretched out as I've told more of the story and then I realized how, longer I want, how long I wanted it to be. Season eight was going to be the last season where the first half of it was going to be focused on the competition. And then the second half, which would have been probably 8B, would have been like wrapping up all the lore. Once I actually started like writing down what I wanted to do for the very finale of the show, I, it made me realize that I there's a lot I want to do in, those last, in that last stretch of the show. And so originally, it just ended up with me being like, all right, season eight will be focused on just wrapping up the competition. Anyone who likes that aspect of the show, that's their finale. And then the movie, or at this point, I am actually actually considering making it a season nine. So it'd either be a movie slash season nine I I haven't decided yet, but that will be the finale for the people who enjoy the lore of the show.
0: Finale, finale. No coming back. It is that's it. Moving on to the next thing for you. Soft finale? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, here's the here's the
1: thing. I have story that I can tell after. There's some things that are open ended and some stories that I already I've already thought of. Like that's just like I feel like it's just not natu- like natural. I like I just thought of like more that could happen, but that will only happen if I really feel like I wanted to, if I really want to make it in the future for now, I really want to say that, you know, season nine slash the movie, that will be the end to the show the time being
0: are we saying like a the the most ambitious thing that you uh, you have ever done with regards um the daily object show
1: i would say yeah absolutely absolutely there's a lot in this
0: in the teaser at the end of season eight i think you said 20
1: i I, I said 2022 that's when i thought i could get it out then but then i started working on other stuff
0: would you Say that it's coming this year or do you think it's maybe next year?
1: Whatever finale I I choose, whether it's going to be season finale or a movie that comes out, it is going to be this year. I'm aiming for the summer and I'm really going to try and push it. Cool. Yeah, I I want it done.
0: (laughs) Another thing I I wanted to ask you about was season four. Mm -hmm. I guess it's the season that is totally unlike the other seasons because (laughs) it is live action rather than animated content. And I know this this podcast generally focuses on online animation and kind of, you know, but this is part of of the Daily Object Show series. Did you want to do more non-animated content on the channel or was this in your head? Was it always just this fun aside? Yeah,
1: it was always kind of just a fun idea that I had. I don't really like, I don't know. That season, I, I, I personally feel very mixed about it just because I think there are a lot of things I could have done differently to make it more rewatchable for me, at least, I don't know how other people feel about it, but you know, it was just something, just a fun idea I wanted to do, just cause I was like, all right, I was already coming off the heels of season three, which was already very ambitious. And I was like, all right, I want to do, I want to do something else, but maybe, maybe I won't animate it. I'm a little burnt out.
0: <laughs> when you say, yeah, there are things you could have done differently. like like what like included more animation or or what
1: yes yeah i think if i could redo that season today i think i would probably make it um i would take stills of the actual of well you know the play the locations the real locations that i had but have animated characters on top of it i think that would have been well i think that would have been more engaging i feel
0: do you ever see yourself doing something like that again
1: um I don't really want to. Yeah, I probably won't. I probably won't return to that. Like, I don't know where it's like using real objects as the characters or whatever. I feel like if I ever do use anything like in like you know the real world again in my videos for the animations, it will be. I will probably try and do more animated characters on these live action sets just because you know I think that could be that could be more fun. I feel. Yeah. Hello, computer. Hey, you need to come with me quick. I need you to host a show in my world. Okay. You five, join the show. Hey, I'm Lemon. I'm Spoon. I'm Toast. I'm Tablapin. Hi, everyone. I'm Post-It. Terrific. Follow me.
0: And one last question I like to ask people that worked on these animations is, uh, what is your favorite part of the video that we've discussed today? So, Fusion, what is your favorite part of the entirety? of the daily object show. I think is this night? It's over 90 minutes. I think in total. Yeah. It's closer to two oh hours. God, yeah, I suppose. It yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is. It's so like, you know, you, you can pick a number of, uh, your favorite parts if you would like. Two, um,
1: two parts of it that I typically say are my favorite are, actually, you no, know, it's a two or three, <laughs> I always, I always just group them in the seasons, but either seasons three, six or eight are typically my favorites, just cause I really like the competition aspect that I did there. There's a lot of action in those seasons. I feel that I, I really enjoy. I enjoy when I'm something like season seven, which is, you know, it's, 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 it's an okay season to me at least. But something like that, I feel, um, if either focused on the competition or the um more or the lore. Like it it couldn't choose which one it wanted to be at one point. And so I enjoy my favorite parts are where I was able to just kind of zone in and do either make the make both of them work or focus on one. And I think I think especially season three, season three, season three is probably my favorite Daily Dash. I think that balanced kind of the lore, the small bits of lore in that season, and the competition very well because then you know you're going, going around the world, you're getting these new places every episode. I think that's probably my favorite, my favorite part from the show at least.
0: Very good. Obviously, uh, an important part of videos on the internet is the comment section. So, I have gone through. Every single comment on every single Daily Object Show video. Uh, (laughs) And I've chosen out a few to read out to you today, Fusion. So the first comment here is from Lu 12 And they said, I love how you can see the show getting more mature and less jokey as as it goes along. Is that, yeah, was that something you kind of wanted to focus on like this because we, we've we mentioned it a few times like the lore and the the story and how kind of involved it gets was that something you yourself wanted to focus on more as, as the show went along it was
1: it was um yeah when when I was planning out those last couple those last three seasons at least season six seven and eight those were planned as those are kind of planned out like all at once okay and so, as I as I was planning out these seasons, it just kind of happened to, or as we got closer to the finale of the series, it made me, I kind of started pushing more of the lore, especially in season seven. That's I think that's definitely the biggest, the biggest season where the most lore happens.
0: Another comment here from Malel who said, "I had a very stupid idea. What if the IRL season was at the beginning?" And toast was eaten all the way. Then he came back as scat in the other season. <laughs> then became an antagonist. How, how much of that do you get from your community fusion? Like, do you, do you get people going like, what if you did this and that? And, you know, because because I suppose, again, it goes back a little bit to the community you know being involved with the, the polls and all that so yeah how, how many um, kind of suggestions do you get from your community?
1: I get a lot they're all very they're all very um, they're very funny and also um, it's also kind of a thing where they I love suggestions like that because it does get my brain thinking of different things that could, obviously not the scat thing. That's, that's just <laughs> funny, but <laughs> but there are different things that I see people talk about that make me go, huh, I, I actually do want to make that, that sounds fun. Like recently I put out, I put out a short, a day Object Show short about Computer and Skull from before Cult of Cobalt, because I, I, I did see a lot of people talking about how much they wanted to see more of Computer and Skull, more of their, more of their kind of relationship before the show. And so, yeah, then I ended up just making that short and it was very fun. I really enjoyed it.
0: And uh, one final comment here from Floppa who said, I always wanted to be an animator and this inspired me so much. I love fusion animation. That's probably
1: the best comment I can receive from people just because I can always just think back how me watching those animators that inspired me me watching them, and to now be the one that's inspiring other people to kind of tell their own stories or begin animating or try at least like that—that that is the biggest full circle for me, and and it's just very satisfying for me, and I, it makes me feel accomplished. and very appreciated and grateful for everything I've been able to do.
0: You can't get any higher compliment than that, mm-hmm. really. Thank you very much for going in deep with me on the uh, the daily object show. But now it's time to begin the winding down process. And we do that generally on Rogue Pixels by playing a little quiz. Okay, okay. <laughs> it is time to test your knowledge on one of the central characters of this series. The central character, I guess. It's time to figure out how well, Fusion, how well do you know Computer. <laughs> This is a couple of questions, no pressure <laughs> at all. Um, but this this quiz is, may be a little bit trickier than normal because the animators and writers I've spoken to previously have all worked on parody content. So generally, I will ask them questions about Sonic or Mario or whatever it is. But today, I'm asking, because your characters are original, I'm going to be giving you questions related to... Just uh, the computer, the computer, both the computer in the Daily Object Show and <laughs> a PC. Um, so, oh, God. See how well you do. So your first question is, I know everyone talks about algorithms in relation to social media these days and obviously the, the YouTube algorithm that we all bow to as well. But can you tell me who created computer algorithms? So basically, who is... the 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 first computer programmer uh
1: wait i should i have no idea um
0: i i can tell you if you if you wish yeah i
1: have no i have no clue
0: (laughs) it is a woman by the name of ada lovelace she was, uh, she was the very first computer programmer. Not to worry, Fusion, <laughs> we move on to the second question, which I'm sure you are going to get correct. The second okay. question is, <laughs> according to what I could find on the internet, <laughs> could be wrong, uh, how many new viruses are discovered every day? Um, new computer viruses. I'll, I'll be generous if you can get it within a certain number.
1: Every day. Um... I don't know, like 500, maybe?
0: 500. You're f- You're you're one or two off. It is 317 million.
1: Oh, okay. I got, I got it close. I was close, at least. <laughs> I was almost there.
0: <laughs> a couple of questions then on the Daily Object show itself. I'm sure you will get these with flying colors. So, first question. What is the first line of dialogue that comes out of computer's mouth in season one Episode 1 of The Daily Object Show.
1: Welcome to The Daily Object Show. Here are the
0: contestants. Well done. Word for word. (laughs) Yeah, congrats. Um, Maybe a trickier question. What is the last line of dialogue that comes out of computer's mouth in Season 8 of The Daily Object Show? Oh, wait. And this is a bit trickier because it's not even in the final episode of The Daily Object Show or uh, of Season 8. It's Episode 6. And I will tell you, it's right at the end.
1: Oh, I think okay, yeah, that, that does help. Um, it's uh, oh, what is it? Evil blood bag. Where are you? What's going on?
0: What? Well done! Okay. <laughs>
1: I standing. <was> <laughs> okay, yeah, cause I, I was trying to. That that did help because I, I was either I was thinking it was either that line or I don't know if you if you counted the line in a, in episode seven where he just like it's just an ah like that sound effect <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's outstanding work word for word and your final question which is kind of do, it doesn't really matter you you have uh, you're, you're a winner in my eyes Fusion for <laughs> your final question um, and again as close as you can get the first one gigabyte hard drive was announced in 1980 but how much did it cost? oh <sighs> Ten thousand dollars? Oh, forty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, I thought you. There was a good chance you'd get the first line in season one, episode one. But getting evil blood, bag, bag Where are you? What's going on? Incredible memory. Thank Outstanding you. work. Yeah, and I think
1: this. Um, I think this says a lot about my computer knowledge as well. I, I'm not knowledgeable <laughs> on computers. That's not my believe. Really, surprisingly, that's not my not really my first time.
0: <laughs> And the final segment of uh, each Rogue Pixels podcast is something we like to call In Case You Missed It. And this is the parent of the show where I and my lovely guests tell you the listener about something that we saw on the internet. It's a recommendation from us, basically. It can be something from Quite recently, it can be from a while ago. It can be about animation; it doesn't have to be about animation. There are zero rules. So, Fusion, would you like to start us off? What What would you like to recommend to our lovely listeners?
1: I would like to give a shout out to. Um, I don't know if you heard of the animated project called Lackadaisy. Yes, yeah, I I guess I would like to shout that out because I I finally got to watch it yesterday. It's so incredible. So, and if any viewers who are watching, if you. Want to see a, a fantastic piece of animation? Go check out Lackadaisy. Incredible stuff.
0: And uh, very quickly, something I was going to recommend was a subreddit. It's r slash eye bleach. And sound, <laughs> if you don't know what it is, it sounds much worse. It's actually incredibly wholesome. Uh, I only discovered it recently. Uh, but yeah, it is incredibly wholesome things being posted, you know, like little kittens or little, whatever it is. And it, cause it's basically bleach for your eyes. That's why it's R slash eye bleach. Oh, it's purifying, okay. it's purifying your sight and your soul, <laughs> uh, basically from all of the horrible things that you see on a, uh, the internet on a daily basis. I didn't know about
1: that. I'll check it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do. Yeah. If, if you need a, a pick me up, check out R slash eye bleach. Now, it's time to really start winding things down. Um, Fusion, if you would like to direct people to where they can find you on the internet. So what would you like to plug? Um, You can find me on
1: Twitter at Fusion Anims. It's just A-N-I-M-S, just just that. I have an Instagram, just Fusion Animations, same handle. Um, Website, fusionanimations.com. That's like that's got kind of a general hub where you can find anything from there and I don't know that's pretty much it
0: very good and basically look forward to the Daily Object show the movie slash season 9
1: yes (laughs)
0: that just about does it thank you very much dear listener for listening if you enjoyed what you heard please do subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast app of choice you can also find us on social media we are at rogue pixels pod get in touch and let us know who you would like to hear on the show this has been a Spotgun studios production i have been colin mahern and i'll see you again next week for another episode of rogue pixels